You are listening to the Amen Corner, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. For more information about the Amen Corner, please follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and all your other favorite social media. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 21 of the Amen Corner. He's Stephen Cook. And he's Brad Rothschild. What's up, man? <sighs> What's going on? What's going on is there's a fucking war going on. The world is on the precipice of a major, major war. It's, I, I mean, I, I, I can't not read about what's going on in Ukraine. I have just been devouring the yeah. Post and the Times at all hours of the day. Um, five o'clock this morning. Yeah, but we're, at some point, like, what do you, you know, what more are you getting out of, like, what's going on? Like, do you really, like, are you looking for detailed, details of the attacks or types yeah, of weapon have, systems well, that they're using? Like, one of the things that I've been drawn to is the is the military situation and what what the Ukrainian military and you know public defenders, whatever they're calling them, right, um, are doing to slow this advance of the Russian armed forces, which are well, you know. It's let me, that let me ask then, you something. Let me ask yeah. you something. When it comes to that, how much do you take at face value from either side right now? And that it's, I think is a challenge because as much as you want to believe the stories that you're reading, at least right. about resistance, well, like you have to wonder, like I'm sure everybody is undercounting their losses and right, right. undoubtedly and, and really uh giving rosy uh, accounts of especially and look i'm not saying that they're not accurate but i'm wondering like what's really going on because clearly we know that the russians aren't going to report the full extent of how badly it's going for them if indeed it's going as badly as we think mm-hmm. but at the same time no matter how badly it's going for them they have the capability to completely destroy right ukraine well, so it's a good question and one of the things that gives credence to the idea and the, the the claims that the Ukrainians are making is that the Russians have not taken Kiev. They haven't taken Kharkiv. They not haven't yet. taken these cities, which everybody expected these cities to fall within a couple of days. This was supposed to be well over by now. Well, I mean, Putin expected a cakewalk, and it was the same right. idea of right. when the U.S. went into Iraq. Right. Which was, so, oh, all of the locals will be out there to greet us and welcome us as their right. liberators. But that's so, not actually what So happened. it's clearly not going well for... Well, it's not um, going according to plan. Well, it's clearly not going well for the for the Russians. Well, um, it's depends. obviously not going well for the Ukrainians. I mean, yeah. they, they haven't done very well or they haven't put a lot well, of resources into think, defending the, the, the southern part of the country where the Russians have taken... A number of cities and threaten and a number of others but it seems clear that whatever it is that the russians had planned to do yeah yeah they, they I don't had think not they, they had I, not achieved many many of their goals so that's one thing like, that have been i feel to. like we we talked about this in the last episode which was you know you, you just said they haven't achieved their goals their goals probably weren't completely thought through um because they were all based on rosy predictions of how easy one how easy it would be and two 
how the West would completely bend over and capitulate and allow Well, that's it to the happen. other thing I've been reading about, which is yeah. all of a sudden the European Union and NATO countries and countries outside of NATO, like Finland and others, yeah. are stepping up. I mean, you know, the Germans, a couple of things the Germans have done. You know, they sent a thousand anti tank weapons, 500 Stinger missiles, and then have committed to ramping up their defense spending, something right. that, you know, the Germans have been extremely reluctant at best to do. Gee, um, the S- Switzerland has decided to freeze the assets of Russian oligarchs. Yeah, I mean, but this is, yeah, this is it's not what this is. This, these things are big deals, and I think they're even bigger deals than we can that we can envision right now because if you think about okay germany has been incredibly successful uh since world war ii uh its economy is beyond strong strongest in europe when i mean what number is it in the world the the german economy Um, top five top five absolutely yeah but what's going to happen now if germany is going to have to allocate a larger portion of its money to defense spending and well, not to social welfare programs that has made the country into an incredibly comfortable place to live for well, its there's citizens. Also the other problem with that is that the logic of NATO yeah. is, is to keep the U.S. in, Russia out, and Germany down. Right, right. And exactly. So, well, you know, I mean, that Germans, logic was all of a good. sudden spending huge sums on the military. So the, the question is, what's super interesting, and there was an interesting article in the Times this morning about how, um, you know, what does this mean for the global order? Is this a kind of resurgence of the post-World War II liberal order that the United States built right. over all of these years? Or is this the last, you know, the end of it and some other... Something and, else and, is going to emerge from Right, it. some some evolution of it, but it's not necessarily going to look like a kind of resurgent post-World War II type thing. And 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 of course, you still have the Chinese out there, the Chinese who've become much more confident in their own system over the years. Um, But if you go back to this whole thing about Germany and what you said about keeping the Russians out, the US in and the Germans down, it could very well be that there's going to be a reimagining of what that looks like. And now the need to keep Germany down is no longer as pressing as it was 80 years ago. And, and yet know, the need to keep Russia out still is. Still is. And, and it remains a question whether the United States wants to stay in. Remember, this is a 2024 the, election that's coming. Yeah. And Donald Trump is the obvious Republican frontrunner. Yeah. And well, did you see? Did you see what Bolton on pulling the United States out of NATO? And did you see what John Bolton had said a right. couple of days ago that he right. felt that had Trump been reelected, he would have pulled the U.S. out of NATO. Right. And so, so, what would have happened had Putin invaded Ukraine when Trump was president? How would this look for the rest of the world? Would, the re- we right. would have at best done nothing. At best. Because right. most likely we would have been supportive of right. the of the incursion into Ukraine, and Trump, if even if he wouldn't have voiced a full full throated approval, he would not have done anything right. to signal that he was against what was going on. What's interesting, though, and there's a wrinkle, yeah, and this is why it would be different in 2024 than it was during the four years of the Trump presidency. Yeah, 
is that despite the president's obvious affinity with uh, Vladimir Putin and whatever his relationship with the Russians, which remains murky. At best, yeah. The the U.S. government started sending weaponry to the Ukrainians. The whole issue with these Javelin missiles that kill tanks, that all began under Trump. The Obama administration was reluctant to send any weaponry. They sent some defensive stuff, radios, flak jackets, and so on and so forth. Very, very little. Trump, the government under Trump, because he was so distracted and whatever, they right. sent, they started sending this stuff. And then Biden really ramped up um, the provision of, of, of weaponry. And now weapons are just flowing into... Oh. And, that's, and the, the Biden was slow, but... Apparently, in recent months, they started sending lots more from NATO stocks in Europe yeah. to the Ukrainians. But the point is, is that if Trump is reelected, yeah. there won't be, you know, for whatever and many of this, the faults associated with, you know, people like John Bolton and others who engaged in this rear guard action to ensure that the United States would stay in NATO. Yeah. Those people won't be there. Those right. people won't be there. It will be so, crazy people. People it'll be unhinged Trump and, unhinged, yeah. crazy, yeah. nutty well, Trump me, people. Paul Gosar will be the national security advisor. I mean, it's craziness insane. like that. Let me ask right. you a question though, because I mean, here we are, you know, we have a little bit of information about how uh foreign policy is made in this country. And I uh-huh. think you you have a much closer seat uh than I do, but you know, maybe for our listeners and maybe even for me, you know, you can explain how is it that the president can unilaterally decide to pull the U.S. out of NATO? Well, I mean, the, I mean, this is a serious uh, treaty organization that has existed since World War II that we created. Actually, I'm, it's a really good question and one that I'm not because I'm not a NATO geek. But I do think that the North Atlantic Treaty was Senate ratified. Right. So it would actually take an act of Congress. Now, that doesn't mean again that doesn't mean that the one that the president won't try to do it, or that if he's elected president, again, you can starve NATO without actually pulling out of of NATO. The the other thing that, you know, uh, in that equation is what if the Republicans retake the Senate? And everybody so, has to, you know, fealty to the dear leader, exactly. Even if they think it's a really bad idea, we know how this goes. So, right. so one thing that I, again, I, I have like a lot of questions about this that I, think, like, so you know, to give an example of some, to give an example to some folks who aren't as close to this, um, it seems clear that Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump don't have a good relationship, right? Mitch McConnell would be someone who, again, for all of his many faults would not want to see the United States leave NATO. Yet, I think things are sizing up so that there's going to be a leadership challenge to Mitch McConnell should the Republicans retake the Senate in the form of Rick Scott, the senator from Florida, who's a fucking asshole. Horrible. Um, And someone who would do Trump's bidding in the Senate. And you could be sure that Rick Scott will have the support of Trump because he and McConnell don't have a good relationship. Right. Okay, so so here's the question, uh, another question that I was thinking about. So when when Putin uh, invaded Ukraine last week, 
uh, in the first day or so uh, after the invasion, Fox News was cheerleading. Right. Right. They, you know, Tucker Carlson was on there saying, like, let's not think that Ukraine is such a good country. And can like, we, why? Can we call, instead of calling him Tucker Carlson, can we call him Fucker Carlson I mean, for the purposes uh, of the podcast? He's such a, he's such a, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I hate to be childish, that. but of course I am. Um, uh, so I'm going to now, re- from here on out, refer to him as, only that's, as Fucker Carlson. That's fine. Or just okay. Fucker for short. Um, so Fucker Fucker is on there saying that he has no beef with Russia. Because, right. you know, essentially, and to me, when I heard him talking about this, it sounded like it was kind of like a bizarro version of Muhammad Ali saying he had no beef with the Viet Cong because they had never called him the N-word. Right. You know, this is, you know, Tucker Carlson is say, saying, well, the Russians have never tried to take my freedom and they haven't raised the price of my gasoline, although they, they have. They have. Um, yeah, they really have. But, you know, he is saying that his enemies are here and not Russia. So he, again, you know, the, he was cheerleading in the early days of the right. war, as were lots of people on Fox News. Now, I haven't. Hasn't he backtracked? I, I, that's what I'm asking because I don't really watch Fox right. News because it infuriates me and I'm trying to maintain right. a level of tranquility right. in my life. Yes. That Stay doesn't centered. include having an aneurysm. Exactly. Uh, Stay on a centered. daily basis. Yeah. You know, namaste. Exactly. Things like that. Ser- yeah. Serenity now means that I never turn on Fox News, but I'll see, <laughs> I'll see people, you know, tweeting about Fox News right. or talking about Fox News. So I, I get it sort of secondhand, but like, what are they saying right now? We're seeing. Ukrainians. And again, you know, we talk about like how much of of what we're seeing on TV from either side we can believe because, you know, they're each side in a war is using the media to advance its cause and to ensure that morale stays high. So on both sides, we're going to see rosy optimism, at least as projected through the media. So I'll tell you what, I, my understanding is what fucker is saying and what they're yeah. saying on Fox News more broadly. Yeah. Um, although I don't watch it. Although you know that I used to watch reruns, not reruns, the, the broadcast yeah. of Bill O'Reilly late at night, just yeah, out of pure know. horrific. Because you're a glutton for punishment. No, I was, you? I was, I had taken a course um, with my my dissertation supervisor called about hegemonic ideas, how ideas become hegemonic and how they're important politically. And I used to watch the O'Reilly factor with uh-huh. that in mind because he was – he called it the no-spin zone. Right, but he was – But everything was, was spin and half-truths and lies, yet he became the most trusted man in news. Which and is insane. So, the, you know, you can trace a lot of the pathologies of American politics to this kind of thing. Yeah. Where these lies became hegemonic in the idea. Right. And common sense in this sense. That's what it means by hegemonic. Anyway, um, back to your question. So I read that Tucker Carlson had said yesterday, the day before, maybe even the day before that, that he had been wrong. He said Uh he was wrong about Russia, but he blamed Biden and the vice president. And he said the reason why he didn't take the Russian threat to Ukraine seriously was because the vice president went to the Munich Security Conference to gather and talk to our allies about Russia's threat to Ukraine. And because she's not a serious person, I'm paraphrasing here, then it must not be a serious threat, which of course 
you know, one, she's the vice president. Two, he's, you know, obviously his racism and misogyny the dog or whatever is, is off the charts on that control. one. Yeah. And three, it's inaccurate. I mean, the entire machinery of the U.S. government at the senior level has been talking to, coordinating with, building this coalition, yeah. which is now global against against the Russians. So then they've now, so now broad, more broadly, Fox News is what they're saying is basically what Maria Bartiromo oh, Jesus. Yeah. It has said, which is first, this was a, a distraction to distract against COVID and inflation and so on and so forth. And oh, then here's down. the key. They've yeah. now flipped to Biden is so weak and uh-huh. that's why Russia invaded and that's oh, okay. why it's so terrible. And that's why all these people are suffering because of the weakness of this administration. Oh, that's, I see. So, that's now the Fox News line. Rather than so the, we love Putin, Biden is so weak, and that's how Putin can victimize the Ukrainians. So because Biden – I just want to see if I understand the logic here. Biden is weak, so Russia saw the weakness and said, let's take advantage of this opportunity to right. invade Ukraine. Right. This didn't Once happen again, during Trump. Didn't happen right. during Trump. Well, there was no reason for him to do it during Trump because, one, as we know now from John Bolton, he was waiting for a right. second term for Trump so to pull out of NATO so that the right. situation would be even better for him. And two, he was pretty much getting what he wanted anyway when Trump was president. So right. he right. saw less of a need. But again, so so we're the only ones with agency, Right. Only Biden has agency and everybody else reacts to the agency well, that we have. Look, and, and people buy this stuff hook, line, Well, because it fits in with their worldview. Right, they right. want to believe and, it. And they because, have to believe it. Because these, these people, like fucker, um, have yeah. d- so discredited any other um, yes. source of information yes. that only Fox News is to be believed. Because it's telling you the truth. It's the no spin zone. It's fair and balanced. Yeah. It's not the biased media. Um, what kind? What? What kind of interest does Rupert Murdoch have in Russia? I don't know. I mean, because you got to think that there is some sort of. Uh, they may not be. Uh, how do I put this? I wouldn't necessarily say that he is bought and he's owned by them, but he's certainly in alignment. His interests are certainly aligned well, I mean, with theirs. So the, the question is, for Murdoch, it strikes me for Murdoch, it's, I, I, I don't know. I don't know any, anything about him other than what yeah. I've read. But it strikes, I can't decide whether he really is this ideologue or it's just about money. He saw this opportunity. I don't and, think it's a binary his, question. I think it's both. Right. But, do, but does Rupert Murdoch, who's like, you know, kind of the, you know, free market freedom yeah. this freedom that and loves yeah. putin i think for a lot of these others like the paul gosars of the world i hate to have uh, keep of, talking about paul, paul gosar doesn't live in my head but his name keeps coming up all these kind of pro-russian american political or media figures for them it strikes me as it's somewhat different that they have no particular commitment to democracy to fight despite what they say they really they have don't. a commitment to you know, Christian white nationalism. Su- right, Christian and white supremacy. Right, yeah. and strong White supremacy. Yeah. Does Rupert Murdoch share that? I, I, I think in a uh, Venn diagram, yes. Rupert Murdoch is somewhere in there. Uh, Again, but the I interest, think it's, the more about, are in it's more about alignment. the money. What's that? Okay, yeah, it's about the money, but his, you know, the fact that all of those other interests are in alignment doesn't right. hurt. 
Right. Right. Like, right. Okay. You know, he also probably is ideological to the point where it impacts his business interests. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Well, then that's so what as you're long as about, those things, it's not binary that they right. that you have a melding. You have a yeah. melding of this. It's like you know these guys in Congress who you know you you hear periodically from you know Democrats or you know or renegade Republicans, the few that there are, that they talk to their colleagues in private who are like, you know, Trump's a maniac, Trump's a liar, and so on and so forth, but I can't possibly come out and oppose this. So, and, 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 and so, like, their their material interests are now fused with their ideological world. Right, and, which is... It, right, I and mean, so these are I wonder craven. if that's the case with, with, with Murdoch. These, you know, the idea of being caught, like, if they took a stand, they would take some sort of financial hit yeah but i i think the difference is and you saw that after the election when fox news called for arizona yeah. people like oh we got to watch newsmax or oan that you know, didn't the really work out, and then but, fox but doubled down on the nuttiness yeah i guess but i mean those it wasn't really i, I feel it was like, like a week yeah but they couldn't have been that fearful that those other networks were gonna like, i didn't take think that over. they were you know Losing lots of viewers to Newsmax and OAN. It's a short and YouTube thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't know. But anyway, we also before we started the the podcast, that you were telling me about something that you witnessed the other day, which I I want to talk about also because I mean, the bagel incident. No, no, the trucker incident, and then if we have time, we can talk about the bagel (laughs) incident. All right, let's talk about the bagel incident first, and just get it out of the way because it's horrible. It's so horrible. It's anyway, so horrible. I want to talk about the truckers, but go ahead. Okay. Well, just quickly on the bagel incident. Um, we were having breakfast yesterday, and Maddie's boyfriend is with us. And he yeah. put on a plain bagel, cream cheese, perfectly acceptable. And then on top of the cream cheese, he put strawberries. I mean, that's wrong. On I, so took many a, I, immediately, I was horrified. I took a picture. I sent it to you. Yeah, but what was horrifying to me is that you allowed that to stand. I, I, I mean, like, I, I, I'm sorry. I mean, I don't. I first of all, I was in shock. Did you give him a hard time at least? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And but I was in shock. Did you feel embarrassed? Did you shame him? I mean, did Lauren chime in? Did Lauren chime in? Like, come on, yeah. did anybody yeah. bring sanity to this situation? Yeah. Well, at first, Lauren was like being chill. She's like, "Well, he's making it like a strawberry, you know, cream cheese kind of thing." And I was like, "What?" And me, it was slap like, him? What? I mean, did you smack and him so, in the head? And he was sitting like, next to me. No, I didn't want. I didn't want to do that. But I definitely shamed him. And then, of course, I sent the photo of it to you and to my nephews. Yeah. And And what did they say? The reaction was uniformly absolutely horrified. It's a Shonda. It's a Shonda. It is a fucking Shonda. Absolutely a Shonda. It's the definition of a Shonda. He is going to be the object of scorn on this podcast for putting strawberries. If he ever comes to New York, he's going to get his ass handed to him. (laughs) I'm not even joking. You may be. I'm sure he's a nice guy. He's uh, a very nice. Him. He's a very nice kid. He's smart. He's a talented kid, and so on and so forth. But he put strawberries on his freaking cream cheese bagel. Fucking, he's fucking misguided, oh. and he needs to be set straight. He does need to be set straight. I mean, it was a truly shocking 
truly yeah, shocking. I mean, you allowed it to stand. I mean, you're, you're yeah. You know. Well, I'm new at this. You're I'm the, the Neville you know? Chamberlain of the bagel situation. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was my Munich moment. It really was. You're like, well, it's a bagel. And no, that was actually Lauren. That was Lauren actually was, Lauren. Lauren was like, well, you know. You equivocated you know, yourself. And, and it's, it's not polite to tell people what they're eating. It's Dude, disgusting. But in this you walk into a Jewish household. Right. Exactly. And this That's is exactly how you right. behave? There's an exception. Right. I mean, come There on. is an exception here. And the strawberry on the plain cream cheese, plain bagel thing is just beyond horrifying. Look, I don't even want to get into the level, the, the low quality of bagels that you guys have to begin with. I think what we, I think yeah. we grabbed out of the freezer ones yeah. that we had gotten from New no, York. No, man, I looked at that bagel in the picture. That's not a New York bagel. That wasn't a New York bagel? No. All right. So, All like, right. let's start there with the problem. Right. <laughs> I won't even talk about that. Well, I don't anyway, know what to do. This whole I mean, thing like is I making said, me angry and sad all at the same time. I feel... <laughs> Try to stay centered. Try to stay no, centered. No, man. This is just bad. Oh, the world is, what is the world coming to when someone yeah. puts strawberries? Fresh it's like the scene in Goodfellas when Spider gets shot in the foot and then comes back the next day and he says, Hey, Tommy, why don't you go fuck yourself? And Robert De Niro's like, what is this world coming to? <laughs> so Joe Pesci shoots him. That's what you should have done. You should have been Joe Pesci in that situation. <laughs> Instead of being like, what is this world coming to? Coo, coo, coo. That's rather, what this world is fucking coming to. Don't eat a fucking cream cheese bagel with strawberries at my table. I think you're the Joe Pesci here. And I'm the De Niro. I, I might be. Yeah. Well, you egged me on, and then I shot the guy. Because <laughs> exactly I have no agency. I think that no is not what happened in Goodfellas. Exactly. I have no agency myself. I only react to shit that, you know, is said uh, to me. Anyway, so let's now talk so, about the um, other thing. That there's a witnessed. trucker convoy outside not of Not a trucker convoy, and not a tucker convoy, but a trucker convoy. A trucker convoy. A and thousand this is, vehicles, actually. Like, the they're press going to the this whole thing off. They are right now camped out at the Hagerstown, Maryland Speedway. Right. I saw this, but I saw that they were turning back. Well, this morning's Washington Post indicated that at least one of the organizers said that they were going to drive two laps of the Beltway starting today at the minimum speed and that they would do it every day until their demands are met. Which are what? What are their demands? What are they protesting? Okay, so their demands are the lifting of the national state of emergency huh. and the lifting yeah. of the national of national COVID mandates, neither now, of which we, exist. So neither one of these things are actual things. Right. Right? There is no national state of emergency and there is no national COVID mandate. So what exactly are they protesting? Well, I think you put it best before when we were talking is that, you know, we're sure that the, of course, these people are so addled by their yes, ideology, by their, their worldview, by their addiction to Fox News, by their addiction to Fox News, that even though they've been informed that there are neither of those things, really what this is about is these people are itching for a fight. Yeah. They want right. to have a confrontation with citizens and law enforcement. They're trying and, to ignite a civil war. Right. Right. That's, what, why don't you just come out and say it? Well, Why don't you just come out and say, I want a civil war? Not you. <laughs> oh, me. I mean, yeah, you. I don't. I don't. No, I know you don't because you know how But I do want to give them the finger. Yeah, and 
that's fine, but most of these guys probably have more weaponry on them than you do. <laughs> I know. I want to so put a you, sign on my car. When my the most older... powerful thing, when the most powerful thing you have is your middle finger. My middle uh, finger the, is very powerful. Yeah, not compared to some of the fucking arsenals that they have in there. <laughs> so their I want to put them. I would have put a sign on the Subaru yeah. that says Trump lost and drive through the trucker convoy on the Beltway. Lauren doesn't think that that's a very good idea. I think that that idea is almost as good as putting strawberries on your fucking bagel. <laughs> it's almost of a good idea. And probably the response could be just as lethal for each <laughs> scenario. But I do think that you will get your head blown off if you do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Without oh, yeah. question. I'm not doing it. Without I'm not question. Doing it. How about if you're going to put up a sign that said Trump lost, you may as well add get over it. Oh, yeah. So that'll be on the other. I'll put two signs, like on the back, like the on the back. And, and I'll have it. You know, what? I'm going to go all in on it. I'm going to like festoon the car. Like you see. Festoon these, is such a good word. You it's such a good word. You see these guys. Well like they, I've seen pictures of these truckers and like. And the, and the RVs and the buses all tricked out and it's they're festooned with all kinds of flags and stuff. It's in a way, I mean, these are crazy people. These are people who previously were totally marginal in American politics. There's yeah. also something so incredibly pathetic about this. There is except no for the fact reason. that they have fucking guns. I was gonna say, right. <laughs> except the fact that they have guns and they this want to like ignite a, a Hezbollah conflict. Convoy. Right. Now, it's if so, you're gonna, but if it's, you're gonna festoon your car, can you also add a flag that says "fuck your feelings"? <laughs> I'm all about festooning. Yeah, but I think Trump lost. Get over it. Fuck your feelings. Like these are the same and people. I will ensure that, that you I will get not, shot at. You will not emerge from that confrontation alive. <laughs> like you just won't. But th these are but like you'll, you'll be ballsy, and you right. know what? You'll get points for me for that. So, I mean, I will have lost I mean, it's a friend. almost worth it, right? I would think. It's I will have lost a friend, but I'm like, yeah, Stephen went out in the fucking Dude, place if of I, glory. If, first of all, I get points from you. Secondly, I mean, if, I, mean, I, if I took pictures of the car oh, and I put it up on Twitter, be a social media I might get star. like a thousand, li a thousand likes and retweets. I would say, I'd say if you got killed, you'd probably get close oh, to my like God. half a million likes. At least. It'd be worth it. It might be. Yeah, seriously. If we could find somebody who could do this, you know, maybe somebody with like less skin in the game, like nobody, like somebody without a family, you know, I don't know. Nobody pays attention to me on me. the Twitter, on the Twitter. Machine. No, no, my family. Oh, so this is your crime. When I ask me, when I ask me for hugs, she kind of like taps me. Maddie's oh. all about the guy with the cream cheese and strawberries. Yeah. She wants to hug him, not you. And, and Lauren thinks I'm difficult. So I mean, maybe it's worth it for the for the number for the covets that I'll get on Twitter. I mean, again, another good I, word, covets. Yeah, that is. A good Look it word. up, you're, folks. You're Look it fucking, up. You're crank. You're rocking that shit today. <laughs> I'm saying, from on a personal level, I mean, I would, you know, putting aside the the podcast that we would lose. <laughs> you know, I would I would lose one of my closest friends. However, however. Yeah. It would be a great story for you. My esteem for you would never be greater than it would be if you did that. Okay, I now, mean, now you're egging me on. I mean, again. Now I'm, you're like, what's the world coming to? And I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? Right? Yeah, I mean, think about it, man. Like, you went down in a blaze of glory. Glory, baby. Glory. 
What's the alternative? You live out your life in anonymity and you become like a wizened old 93-year-old man. I'm feeling wizened yelling, this morning, Yelling too. about shit that you know, the world has passed him by. Like, go out like this, man. You're young. Dude, you know, I feel wizened. Yeah. This, this, this is something, serious consideration. I, you know, I, here's what I think you should do. Okay. Go ahead. Fin- let me, let me hear the, the advice from my dear Finish friend. the book. Yeah. And then do this because <laughs> then, right. then your book will do even better. I want to find that's your book do. will do. Right. Oh my your god! Will be a oh my god! What a marketing! Book. You're a marketing genius. I'm telling you. Stephen and then wait, so the trucker, the trucker combo will be over, but I can still festoon the car and then drive through like major like Trump counties and towns. Yeah, I would and see what I happens. Would, not plural, singular. Major Trump County. Oh, no, right. I would only make, I wouldn't make it out. You're not making it past the first one. I don't know. I think a lot of these guys are bullies, though. You just give them yes, the finger and they, they back are. off. They, they, maybe, maybe so, but I think if your like, car what are you is stupid, if your car you is sufficiently festooned, then you will push somebody over the edge. Yeah, because they think like globalist elites, we all look our noses down at these people, and so and you're, yeah, they you look your big Jewish global elitist <laughs> nose down on people. That's what they think about That's you, my, my problem, friend. Right. I need to know my place. You're They're fucking, the real Americans. Yeah, you're just a we're just visiting. Eating, you're just a bagel eating motherfucker. We're just visiting. That's right. Another Joe Pesci scene. Yeah. Oh my God, that scene. You sent me that scene. That is so chilling. Yeah, that is um, the movie. What was the name of that? Um, Matt Damon and again Robert De Niro's in it. Uh, the um, oh God. It's basically it's the making of the CIA. Essentially. Right. Um, uh, what was the name of that movie? Come on. I don't remember. Hold on. You sent me the clip from it. Yeah, that because it was so, so the Good Shepherd, the Good Shepherd, oh, the Good Shepherd, and, and, and there's so, a scene. There's a scene in the Good Shepherd. Describe the scene. Yeah, so Matt Damon is plays a CIA agent and one of the top. Right. He was there um, in, from the beginning, from the OSS, and he was recruited out of Yale, I think it was. Right, and he was a spook. He was, you know, right. an early Cold Warrior. And he had a clandestine meeting. We have some big words today, man. <sighs> clandestine meeting with Joe Pesci, who plays, guess what? A mob boss, <laughs> which is really, you know, he's breaking the mold a little bit in that. Right. And they're sitting in Matt Damon's backyard. Was it Matt Joe Pesci's backyard? backyard? I thought it was Joe Pesci. It could be his backyard. They're sitting it's in Joe somebody's Pesci's. yard. Yeah. And, you know, they're talking about Mutual interests, mutual interests that they have to protect America. And Joe Pesci says, let me ask you something. He's like, the Jews have their books. They have their Italians, their their religion. The Italians have their family. The black people have uh, whatever. Although he didn't use black people. No, he used a pejorative. um, And I think he said they have their their music, right? uh, whatever it was. And he said, what is it? Joe Pesci asked earnestly. What is it that you people have? Meaning and white Anglo-Saxon. Yeah, and Matt Damon said, America, the rest of you are just visiting. Yeah. And the implication was that this is my country, and I am allowing you to be here. Right. The moment that I I stop giving you permission to live here, you will no longer be welcome. So the the fabulously successful real estate developer that Hugh Hewitt 
wrote about in his column in the Washington Post, who is an organizer of this trucker convoy. He's not, this isn't about economic, you know, grievances and so on and so forth. This is what it's about. It's about the fact that minorities, people of color, black people are accumulating power and society is changing. That's what this is about. And this is about provoking, not about our economic grievances and so on. It never has been. Freedom is just cover. But this has always always been the case because the demographics are such By the way, Hugh Hewitt was writing admirably about yes, writing, you know, in no admiration doubt. of this guy who he's known for many years. Because he's a, a successful real estate developer who is taking the bull by the horns. He's now a grassroots activist on behalf of freedom. Of, of white people. White of people. White supremacy. Right. He is a, he's right. an activist for white supremacy. Right. So the numbers are against them. They see that. And this is their last gasp. And guess what? The last gas might go on for a long time and it will be painful. And we see the results of it from the last five plus years. It is right. painful and it's going to be more painful because nobody gives up their position willingly, especially right. when they have money and power. Right. So that's, right. that's what we see going on right here. And the way this is going to play out, who knows if the country is going to survive it. Certainly, we don't know if the democracy is going to survive it. And that is on... Precipice as always. Right. Anyway, we've gone okay, well over our allotted, our allotted time for the day. But um, I think we covered a decent amount of ground. We I'm did. Try to stay alive. Um, Namaste. Yeah, I'm going to be calm and I'm not going to provoke anybody with a bagel or with a flag or with a festoon car. We're just going to live our lives and let other people live theirs as long as they don't get. Uh, as long as they don't do any harm to anyone. I think that's Let's a good one. Yeah. All right, it is a good one. Right. Namaste.